0: Bringing hope to many around the globe. Transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otebill. And now, today's Word. We are close to Christmas. Next week is Christmas, and I just ended my Life in the Spirit series. So uh, I just felt uh, to... Teach something that is a little bit theological, uh, which is good because I feel that many times we as Christians uh, we've come to the point where we always want a word that just blesses us immediately, and the foundations of our Christian faith goes weaker and weaker. Uh, and so I am committed to teaching things that will. Deepen our faith in Christ. Make us understand why we believe what we believe, and grow in the Word of God. So today, I'm I'm teaching on uh, on uh, the topic the incarnation. The incarnation. Uh, now, if you listen to uh, the song, the 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 hymn we sang, how the herald angels uh, is it how, how the herald angels sing. I think. The second verse, there is a phrase there uh, that calls Jesus Christ the incarnate deity. You know, many times when you uh, sing the words of the hymns, there are very serious statements being made there. But maybe we don't catch them and we don't pay attention uh, to them. So you'll find in the verse 2, hail the incarnate deity. Incarnate. And that's what I'm talking about. The incarnate. Incarnation. Everybody say incarnation. Now I know it's not a word you normally use in conversation. But it's a very powerful theological word. Incarnation. Let's say it together. Incarnation. And it talks about uh, Jesus becoming flesh for us. So let's go to First Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 verse 16 and it says and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness God was manifested in the flesh justified in the spirit seen by angels preached among the gentiles believed on in the world received up in glory Paul is setting out a very fundamental truths of the Christian faith and he sets it out to Timothy in 1st Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 I'm just going to focus on the first line of it because that has to do with incarnation. Uh, if you ask, so pastor, what is incarnation? That is what it is. God manifested in the flesh. God manifested in the flesh or God becoming flesh. God becoming man. God manifested In the flesh. The idea that God became a man is a very difficult idea to explain. And that is why the Bible calls it a mystery. Great is the mystery of godliness. A mystery is basically something you find difficult to explain. Uh, and, And so the Bible says that one of the mysteries of the Christian faith is that God became a man or God manifested in the flesh. And I would later on explain what the word manifested means as I go on with my message. So, what is the incarnation? I'm just going to put up uh, uh, a statement uh, and I will probably uh, explain it a bit. The incarnation, this is what it means. It means that Jesus Christ is the eternal second person of the trinity who in time took upon himself a complete human nature by being born of the virgin mary through the power of the holy spirit that's a very long statement but each word there is very important you find words like eternal you'll find words like trinity You find a word like time. You will find a phrase like complete human nature. You find a phrase like born. And you find Virgin Mary and the Holy Spirit. These are all very important. But there are two words that I want you to pay attention to a little bit. Uh, And the first one is the word eternal. Jesus Christ, the eternal second person of the Trinity. Everybody say eternal. And then it says, who in time took upon himself uh, a complete human nature. Everybody say time. Now, eternal and time are not the same thing. You know that. When something is eternal, it means it never ends. If something is of time, it ends. There is no end to eternal, but there is an end to time. Jesus is the eternal second person. What means is that he belongs to eternity, but he stepped into time. Eternal is the world of God, it's God's world, it's an eternal world. Time is the world of man, our world. It's full of time that's why we are in 2022 we'll go into 2023 and go into 2024 and and go on and on and on why because we live in time if you take time out of human existence we can't even continue living again somebody because when people see you they ask how old are you how can you tell how old you are if there's no time uh who is older who is who is even nicer What is newer? What is older? Everything about our human life is based on time. Time is in the world of man. Eternity is in the world of God. Jesus Christ stepped out from the eternal and came into time. And that is important when we talk about incarnation. When eternity stepped into time. Eternity stepped into time and Uh, That is uh, part of the meaning of incarnation. I'll put on another phrase. And it says. That when Jesus became incarnated. He was truly God. And truly human. Possessing two natures. Which are not confused. Changed. Divided. Or separated. This is so important. You may never appreciate it now but for those of you who are serious bible students you need to pay attention to that verse those of you who are pastors pay attention to that statement jesus christ when he became incarnated is truly god truly human possessing two natures the god nature the human nature these two natures are never confused they are never confused they are never changed never divided never separated that's what the incarnation teaches. And, and you just have to take that word and put it in your pocket somewhere. One day you'll find it very useful. Because, you know, sometimes you may hear people preach. And they may preach things that will confuse the statement. Because they may th- teach things that may seem like in the, in the incarnation, Jesus Christ uh, either had a nature that was Separated from his God nature, is separated from his human nature and confused. And and they can teach all, all kinds of things that are what you would call technically a heresy. A heresy is a statement preached that is against the truth of the Bible. But in the incarnation, he is truly God, truly human, possessing two natures which are not confused, not changed, not divided, and not separated. You say, Pastor, what is all of that? take it put it in your pocket one day you will reference this or you hear somebody preach and you pick it up and you say well but what he's preaching is not true what he's saying about jesus cannot be true because the incarnation he's truly god true human and they are not separated or divided or confused natures all right so let's take a look again at the text we read First Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. I'm going to break down the statements there a bit. And I'm going to pick on three big words there. The first one is God. Everybody say God. And who is God? God is the Creator. He is the uncreated One who created all things. He created both the spiritual and the physical world, the material world. God is the uncreated One who created all things. When I was a child, one of the questions I used to ask was, "Who created God? Who created God?" You know, and it's it's been an old statement, and people say, "Well, if you think, I was told if you think about these things, you go mad." Now you won't go mad, because you know, the uncreated one means that if you go back and back and back and back and back and back and back, you always end with some being or some entity who existed without being created, because everything must emanate from something that is. So. If you go back, 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 who created God? Who created God? The one who created God? Who created one? Who created God? Who created one? That you finally end up with an uncreated one, and that uncreated one is whom we call God, and He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the original, the first cause. Outside of Him, there is nothing, but with Him, there is everything. God, the uncreated one. Who created all things? So that's what we said. He's the creator. Secondly, this God who is the creator, he's unseen. He's the unseen one. He's invisible. Invisible doesn't mean he doesn't exist, invisible simply means you can't see. It. And of course, in our world, we know there are many things we don't see that are real. Until microscopes were invented, we didn't see bacteria and we didn't see viruses, but they existed. We didn't just have the tools to see them. In the same way, God exists, but you can't use physical tools to find him out. Just like we have gases, nitrogen, oxygen, and so on that you can't physically see. And you can't say, because I don't see the air, it doesn't exist. You say that to your own peril. Because if you shut your nose, you would know what you don't see controls you. (laughs) You don't see it, but if you cut yourself from it, you are gone. In the same way, we don't see God, but you separate yourself from him, you are dead. Not dead spirit, physically, but dead spiritually, so God is the creator, He is the unseen one. The problem with God is because he is the first cause, he's the creator, and because he 's unseen, it is difficult to appreciate him. It is difficult to you can hear about him, you can hear things said about him, but you cannot have a physical picture of God you know. People can tell you things about people, or the person is kind, the person is generous, or maybe somebody says, oh, I've seen a girl for you, oh, she's beautiful, her eyes are like trinkets, and, and her neck is like a pillar somewhere, you know, all those nice things. Now, all those are words, but a girl is unseen. The girl is unseen. You know her eyes are like jewels and trinkets and the neck is like a pillar. You don't know what kind of pillar it is. A big pillar, a tall pillar, a short pillar. What is it? And then one day you see the girl. You say, wow, I see. I know how pillaristic the neck is. I know how the eyes are. So this unseen God, you can have all kinds of imagination of him. But this unseen God decided, I want to show myself. So that when you say he's good, you would know what it means. You say he's kind, he's loving, he's merciful. You can have a real human picture of him. Are you getting that? So the unseen God had to be seen. And that is what necessitated the incarnation. So Paul says, God manifested. Everybody say manifested. 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 That word manifested means to be revealed. To be revealed or to reveal something. In the incarnation we say Christ made God known to us. He revealed God to us. The unseen God was seen. The unseen God was seen. So when you say... God is good Now we have a picture Of God is good We say God is powerful We have a picture of it Because this guy Could stop the storm Could walk on water Could change matter Could change physical conditions What was he doing? He was manifesting Making God known to us Revealing God Without The revelation of God, what we have of God is a theory of him. But in the incarnation, the theory was made practical. And now we can see the revelation of this unknown God. So manifested means revealed. It means also proclaimed. Proclaimed, announced. He brought God's word to us. Manifested to us. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensa Ottoville, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensa Ottoville. Email Otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.